0: Yes, the topic this morning is rejection. Ask yourself, can you recall a time when you were publicly rejected? How disempowering it was. Perhaps you were let go from a job, or when you were denied a bank loan, or when you applied for that promotion and didn't get it. Rejection happens a lot to writers and musicians and artists. I read where one aspiring novelist papered the walls of her bathroom with rejection notices. Or maybe it happened to you a long time ago when you were in primary or secondary school. Psychologists say rejection at a young age can cripple our self-esteem for the rest of our life. I'm reminded of that haunting 1970s pop song by Janice Ian. I learned the truth at 17 that love was meant for beauty queens, to those of us who knew the pain of valentines that never came, and those whose names were never called when choosing side for basketball. It was long ago and far away. The world was younger than today, and dreams were all they gave away for free to ugly duckling girls like me. Choosing sides for basketball, I remember that one. God only knows how many adults are still trying to overcome the baked-in feelings of rejection, compliments of that little ritual. Most of us have experienced rejection. However, it is the most powerful when the people who rejected us are from our hometown. That happened to me when I answered the call to be a minister. One of the requirements for ordination was local church sponsorship. So I began attending this Dutch Reformed church in my hometown. I asked the minister after a few weeks if the church would sponsor me. He told me it was a rubber stamp endorsement. However, I still needed to be interviewed by the board of trustees as they formally approved all the student ministers. So I'll never forget that day. There were four trustees, two men and two women. We gathered in this 18th century parlor where they gave me a cup of what tasted like 18th century coffee. (laughs) Next, they invited me to do the opening prayer. And that was a bit awkward because the real prayer that I wanted to pray was, Dear God, please make these four people accept me. Instead, I thank God. And I thank the church and the weather and the committee for coming out. Well, following this, a somber-looking church lady invited me to tell them about my faith journey. So I did. I told them I was raised Catholic, and because my parents had divorced, I was never confirmed. That I had not been in a church for over 20 years, but now I just started coming to their service and was learning how to be a Protestant. And then I told them about my calling, how the last three years I was the manager of a large restaurant where we would serve over 500 meals on a Friday and Saturday night. And then at 11 p.m. it would transform into this raging nightclub with last call at 2 a.m. How it was there in that smoky, loud bar that Jesus found me. Stunned silence. Alrighty then. And that was it. The four of them stood up, weakly shook my hand, and said, the reverend will be in touch tomorrow. At which point I said nothing. I said nothing. Rather, I got out of that room as fast as I could. Which, looking back, was me believing deep down inside that I deserved to be rejected. So the minister phoned me the next day, and to his credit, he was embarrassed. He told me they had never had a candidate quite like me, that I did not quite fit their mold, but I could try again next year. Enter today's gospel story. Jesus returned to the place where he grew up for for the weekend where everyone knew him. When the rabbi heard Jesus was in town, he invited him to read the Bible passage in the temple that Saturday. Taking the scroll in his hand, Jesus said, listen now for God's word to you. And with that, he read the following from the book of Isaiah. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives, to restore sight to the blind, and let the oppressed go free. Now at first his hometown people were impressed, but then Jesus heard them whispering, Isn't this the carpenter's son? Sensing their doubt about him, Jesus quotes scripture, Doubtless you are thinking of the proverb, Doctor, heal thyself. Translation, do here in your hometown the miracles they claim you did in Capernaum. Prove to us that you are who you say, and they say that you are. Prove to us. That reminded me of that verse from Jesus Christ Superstar. If you are the Christ, the great Jesus Christ, show me that you're no fool. Walk across my swimming pool. Jesus was without honor in his hometown. And therefore, he refused to entertain their lack of faith. Instead, he reminded them how the prophets Elijah and Elisha also encountered doubting locals, which is why they cured only outsiders. Well, that did it. The congregation drove Jesus to the end of town with full intention of throwing him off a cliff. Now, that's rejection with a capital R. So what's the takeaway from this story? What does it have to do with all of our lives? Enter Jia Jiang and his funny but very helpful TED Talk. When Jia was six years old, his well-intended teacher did a classroom exercise that was similar to choosing sides for basketball. She bought her class of 40 children small gifts and piled them up in the corner of the room. Her good intention was to teach the children how to give compliments to one another. She began by saying, why don't we just sit here and compliment each other, and when you hear someone say your name and something nice about you, go and pick up your gift. What could go wrong? Gia remembers, when I heard the other kids' names called out, I would let out the heartiest of cheers. And then he says this, within minutes, the room of 40 kids without gifts was down to 20, and then down to 10, and then down to 3. And then the compliments stopped. Gia was one of those three kids who did not get a compliment or a gift. His teacher was mortified. She looks at the class and she says, Would anyone say anything nice about these people? Silence. Alrighty then. Finally, the teacher says, Okay, you three, why don't you go get your gift and maybe next year someone will say something nice about you. At which point, little six-year-old Gia bursts into tears. That experience was baked into him for life. That six-year-old version of himself dictated how he would react every time he experienced rejection. He would run away from it as fast as he could. And it was crushing his creativity, his dreams, and his spirit. So here's what he did. (laughs) He Googles how to overcome feelings of rejection. And he finds this website that encourages people to go out and purposely look for rejection for a full 30 days. The idea being, after 30 days, you will be totally desensitized to it. So Gia tries it. And he documents the days. Day one Ask a complete stranger if he could borrow $100. The guy was a big security guard sitting behind a desk. Gia recalls how he was sweating and the hairs on the back of his neck were standing straight up when he asked the guy, Hello, sir, can I borrow a $100? The man looked up and said, No. Why? At which point Gia said, I'm sorry, and he turned around and he ran away. Reflecting on it later, he realized how scared he was, but then he remembered that the guy was actually kind of nice. He actually tried to talk to him. He said, why? He wanted me to explain myself, he said. But instead, I just ran. That six-year-old version of myself took over and I ran. So going forward, I decided never to run again. Day two. I love this one. Request a burger refill. Gia went to a fast food joint and ordered a burger and a Coke. After he finished the burger, he went up to the counter and he said to the clerk, May I have a burger refill? What's a burger refill, said the clerk. Well, it's like a drink, but it's a burger. Sorry we don't do burger refills. But this time, Gia didn't run. He said... I love this place and I love your burgers. But if you did burger refills, I would love it even more. Well, okay, I'll ask the manager about this. Maybe we can do it, but not today. You see what's going on here? This time, instead of running, GS stayed engaged. And remarkably, there was no harsh rejection. Day three. Gia went to a Krispy Kreme donut shop, looked at the lady behind the counter and asked, can you make me donuts that look like the Olympic symbol? What's that? The lady replied. Five donuts, three on the top, two on the bottom, all interlinked. Well, that's surely a no, right? Well, remarkably, because he was so engaging, the lady took him very seriously. She actually took out a pencil and paper, and she drew a sketch of the rings and the colors, went back into the kitchen, and 15 minutes later, she came out with the first ever Olympic donut rings. It was a huge hit. He received over 5 million views on YouTube. But Gia was not looking for fame. Rather, he wanted to learn how to deal with rejection. So on day three, on Donut Day, he learned that if you don't run, you might be able to turn a no into a yes. And finally, day four, the day that it all came together. Gia goes to a Starbucks, finds the manager, looks him in the eye and says, can I be a greeter at your Starbucks? What's that, the manager asks. You know, like the Walmart, I can greet here so all your customers have a very friendly welcome. I'm not sure about that, said the manager. To which Gia said, Is that weird? Yeah, it's really weird, man. Why is it weird? It works at Walmart. To which the manager replied, Okay, you can be the greeter, but don't get too weird. Weird. And he did it for a full day. So Gia's story is simple and funny, but let me suggest to you this morning that it is also very powerful and telling. He learned that overcoming rejection is not about getting desensitized to it, rather it's about engaging it. Think about that. Overcoming rejection is actually running towards it and engaging it. By engaging people, we ask questions. We acknowledge their doubt, e.g., is that weird? By doing that, Gia opened the door to changing people's minds. So when I heard that, I wondered what would have happened if I had not run out of my church interview that day. What if I would have engaged them? What if I would have asked, do you have any questions for me? Or what do you think of my faith journey? Or does my call to ministry sound a little weird to you? Maybe they would have accepted me in the end. And maybe not. But you know something? I had nothing to lose and everything to gain. Because in the end, instead of running away and feeling rejected and disempowered, I would have walked out of that room with my head up. Now, Gia concludes his TED Talk by pointing out how people who changed the world for the better, were often met with strong and often violent rejection. People like Martin Luther King Jr., Rosa Parks, Gandhi, Mandela, and Jesus Christ himself. And then he said this, and I love this. They did not let rejection define them. Rather, it was their reaction to rejection that defined them. Now, if you look at today's gospel story, that's exactly what happened. Note that Jesus never runs away. Rather, he engages his hometown people. He names their doubts and their disbelief about him. And this, what I think is the most telling verse of this entire passage. They got up, drove him out of town, and led him to the brow of a hill on which their town was built, so that they might hurl him off a cliff. And what did Jesus do? Jesus passed through in the midst of them, and he went on his way. He passed through in the midst of them, weaved right through them, and he went on his way. He parts the waters of doubt and disbelief about him, and he goes on his way. He did not let rejection define him. Rather, it was his reaction to rejection that defined him. And as a result, he does not run away defeated. Rather, he walks away empowered. The doubt and disbelief Jesus experienced in his hometown that day was a preview of what was to come. Within weeks, he would be rejected by his government, and shortly after, his religion, and then shortly after that, his closest disciples, his best friends. The cross is the ultimate symbol of rejection. However, as we all know, the story did not end there. In the end, rejection did not define his life Rather, rejection was turned into resurrection, into new life and new beginnings. And so it can be for all of us, no matter how old we are. In the words of our first reading for this morning, take this to the bank. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become our chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad.